Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. since Scarface, so much action. Not since the Marx Brothers, so much comedy. Not since the seven-year itch, so much Maryland. The best picture this year will also be the funniest. Good night, sugar. Good night, honey. There's one thing sure, boy never met girl like this before. You've never laughed more at sex, or a picture about it. You stay here as long as you like. Jack may have beaten Tony to the sugar, but not for long. You're not giving yourself a chance. Don't fight it. Marilyn sing the fabulous songs of the Roaring Twenties on the United Artists soundtrack album. Running wild, lost control, running wild, mighty bold, feeling gay, reckless too, carefree mind all the time, never blue, always going, don't know where, always showing, I don't care, don't love nobody. It's not worthwhile All alone Running wild Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Some Like It Hot from 1959. The studio was United Artists. The release date was March 29, 1959. The running time, 121 minutes, and it was in black and white. Now, the box office was a smash hit. It was the third most popular movie of 1959. Only The Shaggy Dog and Ben-Hur were higher in the box office totals for that year. Leonard Maltin from his classic movie guide gives it four out of four stars. He writes, Legendary comedy by Billy Wilder and IAL Diamond about two musicians who witnessed the St. Valentine's Day Massacre and try to elude their pursuers by joining an all-girl band headed for Miami. Sensational from start to finish, with dazzling performances by Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis, and a memorable comic turn by Marilyn Monroe as Sugar Cane, and Oscar-winning costumes by Ori Kelly, later made into a Broadway musical called Sugar. Now this was a film I saw early on as a kid, likely because of Marilyn Monroe, but also because my mom was great about showing me many true classic films. It always made me laugh and kept my attention, even at two hours long. It just gets better and better with every viewing. 
All right, let's get into the making of the film. So Billy Wilder had an idea to remake a 1951 German film called Fanfares of Love about two musicians during the height of the Depression looking for work and taking a job in an all-female band by disguising themselves as women. This, of course, is the basic plot of Some Like It Hot. Wilder and screenwriter I.A.L. Diamond co-wrote Some Like It Hot, and it was their first collaboration together. They would go on to write other great films like The Apartment, Irma LaDuce, Kiss Me Stupid, and The Fortune Cookie. Wilder and Diamond wrote the first 60 pages of the script, and Jack Lemmon recalls just laughing constantly throughout his first reading of the script. Wilder then decided that they would write the rest while shooting, in order to keep things fresh and exciting for each day of filming. Now, Billy Wilder was one of the few writer and directors that could pull that off. John Hughes also comes to mind, also practicing this style when he directed films he also wrote. When Tony Curtis was first pitched the film by Billy Wilder, his co-stars were going to be Frank Sinatra and Mitzi Gaynor. A week later, that idea was nixed, and Sinatra and Gaynor were replaced by Jack Lemmon and Marilyn Monroe. Curtis was the first actor to sign on to the film. Unfortunately, Monroe was notorious for being difficult on set, especially after The Seven-Year Itch back in 1954, and this was due to her personal troubles. However, Billy Wilder seemed to get the best out of her, and knew when he got a great take from her, it was a print. There was no time to get it perfect when working with her. She would constantly be late on set, which was difficult for the other actors to prepare while waiting on set longer than they needed to. At the time, just before accepting the role in Some Like It Hot, Monroe was married to playwright Arthur Miller, and she had just suffered a miscarriage. Miller suggested she take the role to take her mind off things, and once shooting began, Monroe became pregnant again and was concerned about another miscarriage, and sadly, she miscarried again a few months before the film was released. Monroe had a stipulation in her contract that she would appear only in color films at that point in her career. So Wilder had to convince the producers and Monroe that black and white was really the way to go for this particular film. His argument was that a period story plays better in black and white. And he also felt that the makeup that Curtis and Lemon had to wear would look much better and less blatant in black and white compared to color. And of course, he was totally spot on. Curtis and Lemon had a female impersonator named Barbette who gave them tips about their mannerisms to be as female as possible. Like when your step goes in a certain direction, so does your hip. The difficult part, according to Curtis, was being fitted into the outfits. He would get Debbie Reynolds' outfits from wardrobe, while Lemon would get Norma Shears. Finally, Curtis went to Billy Wilder and asked if they could get one of the top costume designers to design their clothes. And Wilder agreed, and Ori Kelly was brought in to make their outfits. Curtis and Lemon knew they had to take different mannerism styles when playing their female roles. Lemon went for a more flamboyant, over-the-top sort of way, whereas Curtis went for more debonair, almost like Grace Kelly with his mannerisms. When Curtis and Lemon first put on the female makeup and their costumes, they walked around the Goldwyn Studios a lot to see if they could pass as women. Then they tried using mirrors and public ladies' rooms to fix their makeup. And when none of the women using it complained, then they knew they could be convincing as women. There is a scene on the train recreating this moment. Now, Curtis did have a tough time with his vocal pitch in order to play Josephine. So much so, there was a plan in place to dub all of his dialogue. So, some of Curtis's lines are a mixture of a vocal actor and Curtis. And then it's modulated in post-production to get the right sound for the final product. Okay, let's get into the film. So it opens in downtown Chicago in 1929 as a car full of gangsters are in a gunfight with the police. 
The gangsters get away, but their car, which is a hearse, has a coffin full of bootleg liquor, and it's completely shot up. The cops know that a particular funeral parlor acts as a front for an illegal speakeasy run by the mobster Spats Colombo, played by George Raft. This is during the Prohibition era, which lasted from 1920 to 1933. So there is a raid that's about to occur, and it's going to be done by a cop named Mulligan. That's Pat O'Brien. And then we're introduced to two members of the band. That's Joe, Tony Curtis, and Jerry, Jack Lemmon. Say, Joe, tonight's the night, isn't it? I'll say. Well, no, tonight's the night we get paid. That's good. Why? Oh, look, I'm fiddling among my back teeth. i got to see a dentist tomorrow. Dennis, we've been out of work for four months. You want to blow your first week's pay on your teeth? Oh, well, it's just a filling. I have a big gold. Yeah, have a gold. How can you be so selfish? We owe back rent. We're in for $89 to Moe's Delicatessen. Three Chinese lawyers are suing us because our check bounced at the laundry. We borrowed money from every girl in the line. You're right. Of course I'm First thing tomorrow, we'll pay everybody a little something on account, huh? Oh, no, we don't. We don't? No, first thing tomorrow, we go out to the dog track and put the whole bundle on greased lightning. Greased lightning? You're going to bet my money on a dog? He's a shoe, and I got it from Max the waiter. His brother-in-law is the electrician that wise the rabbit. What are you giving me with a rabbit? Look at the odds. He's 10 to 1 tomorrow. We'll pay everybody. Suppose he loses. What are you worried about? This job is going to last a long time. Suppose it doesn't. Jerry boy, why do you have to paint everything so black? Oh, suppose you got hit by a truck. Suppose the stock market crashes. Suppose Mary Pickford divorces Douglas Fairbanks. Suppose the Dodgers leave Brooklyn. Joe? Suppose Lake Michigan overflows. Well, don't look now, but the whole town is underwater. Let's go. Go where? A little country club. We run for retired bootleggers. I'm putting your name up for membership. I don't join nothing. Oh, you like it then. I'll get the prison tailor to fit you with a pair of special spats. Striped. Big joke. Watch the rap this time. Embalming people with coffee. 86 proof. Me? I'm just a customer here. Oh, come on, spats. We know you own the joint. Mozzarella's just fronting for you. Mozzarella? Never heard of him. We got different information. From who? Toothpick Charlie, maybe? Toothpick Charlie? Never heard of him. Buttermilk. Too smart to drink your own stuff, huh? Come on, on your feet. You're just wasting the taxpayer's money. Call your lawyer if you want to. These are my lawyers. All Harvard men. Joe and Jerry avoid getting arrested in the raid, 
But all Joe can think about is gambling money that they don't have to go bet on dog races. The next day, they go to the all-musicians employment agencies looking for work, but to no avail. There's one opening for a sax and bass player in Miami for a three-week gig, but there's a catch. It's for female musicians. Jerry plants a seed that they could dress as women for the gig, but it's quickly rejected by Joe. They instead take a gig for a St. Valentine's Day dance, but that does not go as planned when they go to borrow one of the secretary's cars to drive to the gig. All right, drop them, you guys. No, we'll drop what? We came for a car. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Nellie Weimeyer's car. Musicians. Wise guys. Okay, let's go. Aces, Beth. It's a 25 Hupplebeel green coupe, sir. It's over here. Yeah, over here. Want some gas? Uh, yeah, about uh, 40 cents worth, please. Put it on Miss Weinmeyer's bill? Uh, yeah, why not? And while you're at it, uh, fill it up. All right, everybody. Hands up. Face the wall. You too, toothpick. Come on. Come on. Hey! Dreamers. Hello, Charlie. Long time no see. What is it, Spats? What are you doing here? I just dropped in to pay my respects. You don't owe me no nothing. I wouldn't say that. You were nice enough to recommend my mortuary to some of your friends. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, now I got all those coffins on my hands. And I hate to see him go to waste. Pardon, Spats, I had nothing to do with it. Oh, too bad, Charlie. You would have had three eights. Goodbye, Charlie. No, Spats, no! No, Spats, please, no, no! I think I'm gonna be sick. All right, come on out of there. Come on. Come on. We didn't, we didn't see anything, did we? What? No, <laughs> nothing. No. See? And besides, it's none of our business if you guys want to bump each other off. We don't... Say, don't I know you two from somewhere? Oh, no, no. We're just a couple of musicians. Oh, we came to pick up a car, Nellie Weinmeyer's car. There's a dance tonight. Come on, Jerry. Wait a minute. Where do you think you're going? Urbana? It's about 100 miles from here, so don't... You're not going nowhere. We're not? I don't like no witnesses. We won't breathe a word. You won't breathe nothing. Not even air.
hospital out of here. We'll take care of those guys later. Joe and Jerry get away after Spatz and his gang take their eyes off the boys while gunning down Charlie, the funeral parlor informant, who was still alive after the initial shooting. Joe and Jerry decide to hide out and come up with a plan, along with unique disguises, in order to avoid Spatz. Quick, give me a nickel. What? Give me a nickel. All right. Police. Police? We'd never live to testify. Not against Spats Columbus. Oh, Wabash 1098. Joe, we gotta get out of town. Maybe we should grow beards or something. We are getting out of town, but we're gonna shave. Shave? Shave. At a time like this, those guys got machine guns ready to blast our heads off. You wanna shave? Shave our legs, stupid. Shave our legs? What? Hello, Mr. Polyakov. I understand you're looking for a couple of girl musicians. Mm-hmm. Stalling, we're gonna miss the train. I feel naked. I feel like everybody's staring at me. With those legs, are you crazy? Now, come on. It's no use. We're not gonna get away with it, Joe. My name is Josephine, and this was your idea in the first place. like jello on springs. Must have some sort of built-in motor or something. I, I tell you, it's a whole different sex. What are you afraid of? Nobody's asking you to have a baby. This is just to get us out of town. Once we get to Florida, we'll blow this whole set up. Joe, this time I am not gonna let you talk me into something that... Extra, extra, seven star in a north side garage. Feared bloody aftermath. Extra, extra. You talked me into it. Let's go, Josephine. Not a girl, Geraldine. So the woman who looked like Jello on Springs was, of course, Marilyn Monroe. 
and she was walking by and then got startled by the train steam, but we'll get to her in a bit. The steam bit was almost like a sequel to the famous Subway Great scene in The Seven Year Itch. The boys decide to act like they're part of the band to get on the train. Uh, well, here we are. Are you two from the Polyakov Agency? Yes, we're the new girls. Brand new. This is our manager, Mr. Beanstalk. How do you do? And I'm Sweet Sue. My name is Josephine. I'm Daphne. Mm-hmm. Saxophone, bass, am I glad to see you girls. You saved our lives. Likewise, I'm sure. Where did you girls play before? Here, there, and around, and... We spent three years at the Sheboygan Conservatory of Music. All aboard. You're in berth 7 and 7A. Seven 7A. Seven and seven Thanks ever so. You're welcome. Oh, feelings mutual. Up to Daisy. Fresh. Looks like Polyakov came through with a couple of real ladies. You better tell the other girls to watch their language. <laughs> Comes in just once a month. Well, my dear, she is so inexpensive. Come on, and she told me. Second, have you heard the one about the girl tuba player who was stranded on a desert island with a one-legged jockey? No, how's it go? Now cut it out, girls. None of that rough talk. They went to a conservatory. They went to a conservatory. <laughs> How about that talent? Huh? <laughs> it's like falling into a tub of butter. Watch it, Daphne. It's Josephine and Daphne now, and they're officially introduced to Sugar, Marilyn Monroe, who managed to sneak a flask in her garter belt. I'm terribly sorry. It's okay, I was scared it was sweet soup. You won't tell anybody, will you? Tell what? Well, if they catch me once more, they're going to kick me out of the band. You the replacement for the bass and sax? That's us. And I'm Daphne. Uh, this is uh, uh, Josephine. Come on, <laughs> I'm Sugar Cane. Hi. Sugar Cane? Yeah, I changed. It used to be Sugar Kowalczyk. You're Polish? Yes. I come from this musical family. My mother is a piano teacher. My father was a conductor. Where did he conduct? On the Baltimore, Ohio. I play the ukulele and I sing, too. Sings, too? <laughs> well, I don't have much of a voice, but then this isn't much of a band, either. I'm only with them because I'm running away. Running away from what? Oh, don't get me started on that. Hey, you want some? It's bourbon. I'll take a rain check. <laughs> I want you to think I'm a drinker. I can stop any time I want to, only I don't want to, especially when I'm blue. We understand. All the girls drink. It's just that I'm the one that gets caught. Story of my life. I always get the fuzzy end of the lollipop. Mm-hmm. 
going straight. I'll say. <laughs> we'll see you around, girl. Bye, sugar. <laughs> we have been playing with the wrong band. Sound, Daphne. How about the shape of that liquor cabinet? Huh? Forget it. One false move and they'll toss us off the train. Then there'll be the police, the papers, and the mob in Chicago. Boy, would I love to borrow a cup of that sugar. <laughs> no pastry, no butter, and no sugar. It's a long tray ride from Chicago to Miami, so it's time for the band to rehearse for their upcoming gig with Sweet Sue and her society, Cinco Paters. Rejoining the living goose it up a little. We'll try. <laughs> How did those holes get there? Uh, those? I don't know. <laughs> Mice? All right, girls, let's take it from the top and put a little heat under it. Running wild, lost control. Running wild, mighty bold. Feeling gay, reckless too. Carefree mind all the time, never blue. Always going, don't know where. Always showing, I don't care. Don't love nobody. It's not worthwhile. All alone. Yes, Sue. What is it? I thought I made it perfectly clear that I don't want any drinking in this outfit. All right, girls. Who does this belong to? Come on now. Speak up. Sugar, I warned you. Please, Mr. Beanstalk. This is the last straw. In Kansas City, you were smuggling liquor in a shampoo bottle. Before that, I caught you with a pint in your Excuse ukulele. Mr. Beanstalk, could I have my flask, please? Sure. Thanks. Pack your things. The next station, we come... Your flask? Yes, just a little bourbon. Must have uh, slipped through. <laughs> Give me that. Didn't you girls say you went to a conservatory? Oh, yes, for a, a whole year. I thought you said three years. We got time off for, for good behavior. There are two things that I will not put up with during working hours. One is liquor, and the other one is men. Men? Oh, you don't have to worry about that. We wouldn't be caught dead with men. Rough, hairy beasts with eight hands. And they, they all just want one thing from a girl. I beg your pardon, miss. All right, girls. From the top again. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thanks, dear. Good night. Good night, Daphne. Maud, sweet dreams and pleasant thoughts. Good night, Daphne. Oh, <laughs> Good night, Gloria. Good night, Daphne. Dolores, dear, you sleep tight, you hear? Yeah. Nighty night, Emily. Toodaloo. Oh, about that toodaloo. <laughs> Steady, boy. Just keep telling yourself you're a girl. I'm a girl. You're a girl. I'm a girl. That rhythm section. <laughs> uh, I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. Good night, sugar. Good night, honey. Honey. Hey, she called me honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Hey, what are you doing? I just want to make sure that honey stays in a hive. There'll be no buzzing around tonight. Supposing I gotta go, like for a drink of water or something. Fight it. Well, suppose I lose. Suppose it's an emergency. Pull the emergency brake. Hmm. Hey, Beanstalk. You know there's something funny about those new girls? Funny in what way? I don't know, but I can feel it right here. And that's one thing about an ulcer. It's like having a burglar alarm go off inside of you. All right, Sue. You watch your ulcers. I'll watch those two. Okay, everybody settle down and go to bed. Good night, girls. Good night, Daphne. Good night, Josephine. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I wish I were dead. I'm a girl. 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 Daphne is quite a hit with the ladies in the band. On a side note, I don't think she gets enough credit, but Joan Shawley as Sweet Sue was so perfect, and this is why older films with top-notch character actors are such a pleasure to watch. Today's films seem to have forgotten about those great character actors. Later that evening, Sugar seeks out Daphne. Anybody? 
Maybe I better stay here till she goes back to sleep. You stay here as long as you like. I'm not crowding you, am I? No, it's nice and cozy. <laughs> when I was a little girl on cold nights like this, I used to crawl into bed with my sister. We'd cuddle up under the covers and pretend we were lost in a dark game. We're trying to find our way out. That's <laughs> <laughs> Anything wrong? No, no, no. Not a thing. You poor thing, you're trembling all over. It's ridiculous. Your head's hot. Ridiculous. You've got cold feet. Isn't that ridiculous? Here, let me warm them up a little. There. Isn't that better? Yes, I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. What'd you say? I'm, I'm a very sick girl. Oh, I better go before I catch something. I'm not that sick. I've got very low resistance. Oh, well, sugar. If you feel that you're coming down with something, my dear, the best thing in the world is a shot of whiskey. You got some? I don't know where to get it. <laughs> don't move. Hold on. Okay. way to travel. You better put on the lights. Mm -hmm. I can't see what I'm doing. No lights. We don't want them to know we're having a party. <laughs> but I need spills on. So spill it. Spills, thrills, laughs, and games. <laughs> this may even turn out to be a surprise party. What's a surprise? Uh-uh. Not yet. When? Better have a drink first. That'll put hair on your chest. No fair guessing. Surprise at Clam Baker? Can anybody yes, join? Yes, it's private. Please, go away. Dolores, do you still have that bottle of vermouth? Sure. Verm who needs vermouth? We've got bourbon. We can make Manhattans. Okay. Manhattans at this time of night? Bring the cocktail shaker. Oh, sugar. You're going to spoil my surprise. Hey, honey, what's up? Party in number seven. Uh, oh, party. I'll get some cheese and crackers. Uh, I'll get a cocktail shaker. You get a corkscrew. Okay. Hey, Rosella, there's a party in number seven. Yeah? You got a corkscrew? No, but Stella has. Well, go get some paper cups. Okay. Hey, there's a party in number seven. Party in number seven. Oh, yes. Party in number seven. Here's the vermouth. It's a private party. Will you please go away? I you put can... some cheese and crackers in case anybody gets hungry. What is this? Shaker. I wish we had some ice. Hey, easy on the balloons. Thirteen girls in the purse is bad luck. Twelve of you have to get out. Pass me the peanut butter. Anyone for salami? Oh. No more food. Advance in the morning. Hey, 
Hmm. Have you got any maraschino cherries on you? Hmm. Oh, never mind. Maraschino cherries? Put it here. Sugar, you're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble. Yeah, you better keep a lookout. If Beanstalk catches you again, what's the matter with you anyway? I'm not very bright, I guess. I wouldn't say that. Careless, maybe. No, just dumb. If I had any brains, it wouldn't be on this crummy train with this crummy girl's band. Well, why'd you take this job? I used to sing with male bands, but I can't afford it anymore. Have you ever been with a male band? Who? Me? That's what I'm running away from. I worked with six different ones the last two years. Oh, Rob. Rob? I'll say. You can't trust those guys. I can't trust myself. I have this thing about saxophone players. Especially tennis sacks. Really? I don't know what it is, but they just curdle me. All they have to do is play eight bars or come to me, my melancholy baby, and my spine turns to custard. I get goose pimply all over, and I come to them. That's so? Every time. You know, I play tennis sacks. But you're a girl, thank goodness. Oh, yeah. That's why I joined this band. Safety first. Anything to get away from those bums. Yeah. You don't know what they're like. You fall for them, you really love them. You think this is going to be the biggest thing since the Graf Zeppelin. The next thing you know, they're borrowing money from you. They're spending it on other dames and betting on horses. You don't say. Then one morning you wake up, the guy's gone, the saxophone's gone. All that's left behind is a pair of old socks and a tube of toothpaste, all squeezed out. So you pull yourself together. You go on to the next job, the next saxophone player. It's the same thing all over again. See what I mean? Not very bright. Brains aren't everything. <laughs> I can tell you one thing. It's not going to happen to me again, ever. I'm tired of getting the fuzzy end of the lollipop. Ice! What's keeping the ice? The natives are getting restless. How about a couple of drinks for us, hmm? Sure. You know I'm going to be 25 in June. You are? That's a quarter of a century. Makes a girl think. About what? About the future. You know, like a husband. That's why I'm glad we're going to Florida. What's in Florida? Millionaires, flocks of them. They all go south for the winter like birds. Oh, you're going to catch yourself a rich bird? Oh, I don't care how rich he is, as long as he has a yacht, his own private railroad car, and his own toothpaste. You're entitled. Maybe you'll meet one too, Josephine. Mm -hmm. With money like Rockefeller and shoulders like Johnny Weissmuller. Oh, I wouldn't mind to wear glasses. Glasses? Men who wear glasses are so much more gentle and sweet and helpless. Haven't you ever noticed it? Now that you've mentioned it, mm -hmm. They get those weak eyes from reading, you know, those long, tiny little columns in the Wall Street Journal. That base metal, she sure knows how to throw a party. That diggity dog! Well, happy days. I hope this time you wind up with the sweet end of the lollipop. Please! 
and Daphne then grabs the emergency brake lever to stop the train, which I've always found fascinating that trains would allow a random passenger the ability to have that option. There's also a fabulous I Love Lucy episode centering around that particular plot point. The next day, the group arrives in Miami to the Seminole Ritz Hotel, much to the delight of a single senior citizen man looking for younger ladies. One in particular, Osgood Fielding III, played by Joey Brown. And he takes an immediate liking to Daphne. Century makes a girl think. Let's hope they brought their grandsons along. <laughs> yes. Oh, pardon me, miss. May I? Help yourself. I'm Osgood Fielding the third. Cinderella the second. If there's one thing I admire, it's a girl with a shapely ankle. <laughs> me too. Bye-bye. Let me carry one of the instruments. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Aren't you a sweetheart? Certainly is delightful having young blood around here. Oh, yes. Well, personally, I'm type O. <laughs> you know, I've always been fascinated by show business. Oh, is that so? Yes. As a matter of fact, it's cost my family quite a bit of money. Oh, you invest in shows? Showgirls. <laughs> I've been married seven or eight times. You're not sure? Mama's keeping score. <laughs> Frankly, she's getting rather annoyed with me. Yes, wouldn't wonder. <laughs> so this year, when the George White scandals opened, she packed me off to Florida. Right now, she thinks I'm out there on my yacht. <laughs> Deep sea fishing. <laughs> well, pull in your reel, Mr. Fielding. You're barking up the wrong fish. <laughs> if I promise not to be a naughty boy, how about dinner tonight? I'm sorry, I'll be on the bandstand. Oh, of course. Wh which of these instruments do you play? Bull fiddle. Oh, fascinating. Do you use a bow or do you just pluck it? Most of the time, I slap it. <laughs> you must be quite a girl. <laughs> Want to bet? <laughs> My last wife was an acrobatic dancer. You know, sort of a contortionist. She could smoke a cigarette while holding it between her toes. Zowie. <laughs> but Mama broke it up. Why? She doesn't approve of girls who smoke. Bye-bye, Mr. Fielding. Bye-bye. This is where I get off. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You don't get off that easy. <laughs> All right, driver. Once around the park, slowly. And keep your eyes on the road. Oh, 
down again. I'll say. Please, come back. I'll walk, thank you. Oh, please, miss, I... Josephine and Daphne are roommates, though Sugar wishes she was rooming with Josephine. So we know that Sugar likes saxophone players. Joe just happens to be one and has this insider knowledge, so you can guess where this is headed. But before that occurs, Josephine and Daphne head to the rooms and share stories about what it's like to be a woman. Okay, Da. <laughs> I suppose you want a tip. Ah, uh, forget it, Da. After all, you work here and I work here and... Believe you me, it's nice to have you with the organization. Bye-bye. Oh, listen, doll, uh, what time do you get off tonight? Why? Well, I'm working the night shift tonight. I got a bottle of gin stashed away, and uh, when there's a lull... Don't you think you're a little young for that, Sonny? Oh, you want to see my uh, driver's license? Get lost, will you? That's the way I like them. Big and sassy. Oh, and uh, get rid of your roommate. Just so long as you're wearing a skirt. It's like waving a red flag in front of a bull. Really? Well, I'm sick of being the flag. I want to be a bull again. Now, what do you say? Let's get out of here. Let's blow. Blow where? You promised me, Joe, that the minute we hit Florida, we were going to beat it. How can we? We're broke. Well, we could find another band, a male band. Look stupid. Right now, Spats Colombo and his chums are looking for us and every male band in the country. So humiliating. So you got pinched in the elevator. So what? Would you rather be picking lead out of your navel? All right, all right. But how long do you think we can keep this up? What's the beef? We're sitting pretty. Huh? Look, we get room and board. We're getting paid every week. Look, look at the palm trees. Flying fish. What are you giving me with a flying fish? I know why you want to stay here. You're after sugar. Me after sugar? I saw you at the both of you in that bus all lovey-dovey and whispering and giggling and borrowing each other's lipstick. I saw you. What are you talking about? Me and you sugar? You and sugar. We're just like sisters. Well, I'm your fairy godmother. And I'm going to keep an eye on you. Sugar stops by their room to invite them to go to the beach. Daphne jumps at the opportunity to hang out with Sugar while Josephine declines. But there's an ulterior motive. Joe is going to put his plan into motion. He's going to transform into a suave millionaire to woo Sugar. He wears an ascot and a sailor's hat and tries to look like Cary Grant. He even puts on a Cary Grant effect to his voice. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. You're not hurt, are you? I don't think so. I wish you'd make sure. Why? Because usually when people find out who I am, they get themselves a wheelchair, a shyster lawyer, and sue me for three quarters of a million dollars. Don't worry, I won't sue you no matter who you are. Thank you. Who are you? No, really. Sugar! Come on! Honestly. Cheerio. Haven't I seen you somewhere before? Not very likely. You staying at the hotel? Not at all. The face is familiar. Possible you've seen it in the newspapers or magazines, um, Vanity Fair. That must be it. Would you mind moving just a little, please? You're blocking my view. Your view of what? They run up a red and white flag on the up and it's time for cocktails. You own a yacht? Which one is it? The big one? 
Certainly not. With all the unrest in the world, I don't think anybody should have a yacht that sleeps more than 12. I quite agree. Tell me, who runs up that flag? Your wife? No, my flag's to it. Who mixes the cocktails? Your wife? No, my cocktails do it. Look, if you're interested in whether I am married or not... Oh, I'm not interested at all. Well, I'm not. That's very interesting. How's the stock market? Up, up, up. I bet while we were talking you made like $100,000? Could be. Uh, you play the market? No, the ukulele. And I sing, too. For your own amusement? A bunch of us girls are appearing at the hotel. Sweet Sue and her society syncopators. Oh, your society girl. Oh, yes, quite. You know, Bryn Moore, Vassar. We're just doing this for a lark. Syncopators. Does that mean you play that very fast music, uh, jazz? Yeah, real hot. <laughs> oh, well, I guess some like it hot. I personally prefer classical music. Oh, I do, too. As a matter of fact, I spent three years at the Sheboygan Conservatory of Music. Good school. And your family doesn't object to your career. They do indeed. Daddy threatened to cut me off without a cent. But I don't care. It was such a bore, you know, coming out parties. Inauguration ball. Opening of the opera. Riding to hound. And always the same 400. You know, it's amazing we never ran into each other before. I'm sure I would have remembered anybody as attractive as you are. You're very kind. Mm. I bet you're also gentle and helpless. I beg your pardon. You see, I have this theory about men who wear glasses. What theory? I'll tell you when I get to know you better. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? Tonight? I thought maybe you could come to the hotel and hear us play. Uh, I would like to, but that would be rather difficult. Why? Uh, I only come ashore twice a day when the tide goes out. Oh, you collect shells? Yes, yeah, so did my father and my grandfather. You might say we had a passion for shells. That's why we named the oil company after it. Shell oil? Please, no names. Just call me Junior. Sugar! Sugar! Come on, there's quite a change for dinner. Run along, Daphne, dear. I'll catch up with you later. Oh, okay. No! What is it, young lady? What are you, you... staring at? This happens to me all the time in public. I recognize him, too. His picture was in Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Would you mind moving along, please? Yes, you're in his way. He's waiting for a signal from his yacht. His yacht? It sleeps 12. This is my friend Daphne. She's a Vassar girl. I'm a what? Or was it Bryn Moore? I heard a very sad story about a girl who went to Bryn Moore. She squealed on her roommate, and they found her strangled with her own bezier. Yes, we have to be very careful whom we pick for a roommate. Hmm? Well, I think I'd better be going. It was delightful meeting you both. You, you will come and hear us play. If it's at all possible. Oh, do come. Don't disappoint us. It'll be such fun. And bring you yacht. Come on, Jeffrey. Tony Curtis said that Billy Wilder was great, letting him come up with an alternate ego as the millionaire and over-the-top impression of Cary Grant. Jerry is less than thrilled that Joe decides to put the moves on Sugar since that was his plan all along. So he tries to catch Joe with his pants down, so to speak. How about that guy? Yeah, look, Daphne, hands off. I saw him first. Sugar, let me give you a little advice, dear. If I were a girl, and I am, I'd watch my step. If I'd been watching my step, I never would have met him. I can't wait to tell Josephine. Yeah, Josephine. I can't wait to see her face. Will she be surprised? 
Rubik and I, let's run up to the room and tell her right now. Oh, we don't have to run. Oh, yes, we do. Josephine, yoo-hoo. Guess not here. Oh, isn't that funny? Josie, I can't imagine where she'd be. Well, I'll be back later. Oh, no, you wait. I have a feeling she'll show up any minute. Believe it or not, Josephine predicted the whole thing. Yes, one for Ripley. Just why she went shopping. Shopping? That's it. Something tells me she's going to come through that door in a brand new outfit. <laughs> Running wild, lost control. Running wild, mighty bold. Da-da-da, dee-dee-dee. Carefree mind all the time, never blue. Josephine! Oh, I didn't hear you come in. Always going, don't know where. Always showing, I don't care. Have a good time, girls. Oh, Josephine, the most wonderful thing happened. What? Guess. They repealed prohibition. Oh, come now. You can do better than that. <laughs> I met one of them. One of whom? Shell Oil Jr. He's got millions. He's got glasses. He's got a yacht. You don't say. He's not only got a yacht, he's got a bicycle. Daphne, go on. Tell me. Oh. Well, he's young and he's handsome. He's a bachelor. He's a real gentleman. You know, not one of these grabbers. Maybe you better go after him if you don't want to lose him. Well, I'm not going to let this one get away. He's so cute. He collects shells. Shells? Hm. Whatever for? Oh, you know, the old shell game. <laughs> Daphne, you're bothering us. Anyway, you're going to meet him tonight. I am. He said he's going to come to hear us play. Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? I saw the way he looked at you. He'll be there for sure. I hope so. What do you think, Josephine? What does it say in your crystal ball? Sugar? Hey, is Sugar in here? Yes? Sugar, you got the key. I'm locked out and I'm making a puddle in the hall. See you on the bandstand, girls. What are you trying to do to that poor girl putting on a millionaire act? And where did you get that phony accent? Nobody talks like that. Oh, I've seen you pull some low tricks on women. This is without doubt the trickiest, lowest, and meanest. I'm not afraid of you. Thin, but I'm wiry. Now, Joe, you're going to get hurt because when I'm aroused, I'm a tiger. What? Joe, don't look at me like that when it was all a joke, when I didn't mean any harm. I'm going to press the suit myself. You're on telephone. Answer the telephone. Hello? Hello? Yes, this is 413. Ship to shore. All right, I'll take it. Hello, Daphne. It's that naughty boy again. You know, Osgood, in the elevator. You slapped my face. <laughs> Who is this? This is her roommate. Daphne can't talk right now. Is it anything urgent? Well, it is to me. Will you give her a message? Tell her I'd like her to have a little supper with me on my yacht after the show tonight. <laughs> Got it. Supper, yacht, after the show. I'll tell her. Your yacht? The New Caledonia. That's the name of it. The old Caledonia went down during a wild party off Cape Hatteras. <laughs> but tell her not to worry. This will be a quiet little midnight snack. Just the two of us. <laughs> Just the two of you? What about the crew? Oh, that's all been taken care of. I'm giving them shore leave. 
We'll have a little cold pheasant and champagne, and I've checked with the Coast Guard. There's going to be a full moon tonight. Oh, and tell her I've got a new batch of Rudy Valley Records. <laughs> That's good thinking. Daphne's a pushover for him. Pushover for who? Why, why is he going to... Yeah, Mr. Fielding. You'll pick her up after the show in your motorboat. Goodbye. What's that you said? Oh, Zowie. I'll give her the message. What message? What motorboat? You got it made, kid. Fielding wants to have a little cold pheasant with you on his yacht. He does. Just the three of you on that great big boat. You and him and Rudy Valley. Well, fat chance. Call him back and tell him I'm not going. Well, of course you're not. Oh. I'm going. You're going to be on the boat with that dirty old man? No, I'm going to be on the boat with Sugar. Well, where's he going to be? He's going to be ashore with you. With me? That's right. Oh, no, not tonight, Josephine. All right, there's about 45 minutes left, and I don't want to spoil the rest. For those who haven't seen this classic yet, does Joe pull off his ruse to make Sugar fall in love with him? And what about Spats and the gangsters? And then, of course, what about Osgood fielding the third and Daphne? It's all answered in the end, and if you've seen the film, the final line is one of the best in cinema history. It goes without saying, if you've never seen the film, it's really a must-watch. But even if you've seen it countless times, it never gets old and is often touted as Marilyn Monroe's finest film. But really, it's the duo of Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon that makes this film a true classic. Alright, some fun facts. So the film was nominated for six Oscars and won only one, and that was for Best Costume Design. It lost Best Director to William Wilder for Ben-Hur. It lost Best Actor to Charlton Heston, also for Ben-Hur. It lost Best Adapted Screenplay to Room at the Top. It lost Best Cinematography, Black and White, to The Diary of Anne Frank. And it lost Best Art Direction, Black and White, again, to The Diary of Anne Frank. Tony Curtis told a story when they were being fitted for their costumes, it came to Marilyn Monroe's turn. And while she was being measured, the designer jokingly said, You know, Tony Curtis has a nicer butt than you. At which point Monroe pulled open her blouse and said, Yeah, but he doesn't have tits like these. Monroe requires 47 takes to get It's Me, Sugar, correct, instead of either Sugar, It's Me, or It's Sugar, Me. After take 30, Billy Wilder had the line written on a blackboard. Another scene required Monroe to rummage through some drawers and say, Where's the bourbon? After 40 takes of her saying, Where's the whiskey? Where's the bottle? Or Where's the bonbon? Wilder pasted the correct line in one of the drawers. After Monroe became confused about which drawer contained the line, Wilder had it pasted in every drawer. 59 takes were required for this scene, and when she finally does say it, she had her back to the camera, leading some to wonder if Wilder finally just gave up and had it dubbed. Because of the elaborate costumes that Curtis and Lemon were fitted with, if they had to go to the bathroom, it would be a 20-minute process to get out of their wardrobes. So Curtis came up with a funnel system for him and Lemon, which allowed them to relieve themselves without taking off their dresses. Billy Wilder showed Cary Grant the film, and specifically Tony Curtis's performance playing the millionaire. Grant replied that he didn't talk anything like how Curtis talked in the film. The first screening test was a disaster, as the audiences were viewers of Suddenly Last Summer, which was not a comedy. No laughs, it totally bombed with that particular audience, who definitely weren't ready for a comedy where the main male characters were dressed as women. So immediately after this test screening, the producers took Billy Waller aside and demanded that he cut 15 minutes from the film, because having a comedy that lasts two hours was unheard of in those days. 
Instead of cutting the film, Wilder decided to do another preview the next week in a different location in Los Angeles near the UCLA campus. This would be a younger crowd. Plus, Wilder did cut the film back a whole 60 seconds. That was Wilder's compromise. Of course, the Westwood preview went over extremely well, and the rest is history. Jerry Lewis was offered the role of Jerry and Daphne, but declined because he didn't want to dress and drag. When Jack Lemmon received an Oscar nomination for the role that Lewis gave up, Lewis claims that Lemmon sent him chocolates every year to thank him, and later regretted not taking the part. Poor Jim Bess, which came out in 1959, was being filmed right next to where the indoor scenes for Some Like It Hot were being shot. Sammy Davis Jr., Sidney Poitier, and Dorothy Danridge frequently visited the set. The now-famous closing line, well, nobody's perfect, was actually never intended to make the final film. It was apparently to be replaced by the writers once they thought of something they liked better. Diamond and Wilder each credit the other for the genesis of the line. Wilder later fashioned his own epitaph with a similar line, I'm a writer, but then nobody's perfect. Someone that's always been perfect on this show from day one is super producer Lindley. And we've seen this movie together in the movie theater. So we talk about that. And we also talk about our love of the film. And then I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we're back with super producer Lindley. Welcome back, Lindley. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. It's an honor. Well, thank you. And uh, (laughs) what was an honor when you invited me, uh, this was probably like five years ago. Um, We, in the middle of the week, during a work day, actually went to go see Some Like It Hot at at the movie theater. And that that was a lot of fun. I love those. I loved this whole, um, I think it's like TCM. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the event was, right? But they every month they kind of release an old movie that you can go see on the theaters. I think it's always on Wednesdays or Saturdays. Yes. I don't exactly. even know if they're still doing it. This was pre-COVID. So are they doing it again? I have no idea. I um, know I know they're doing it with just, they don't even have to be classic classic. They're just re-releasing stuff from oh, like the 90s because they're yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. pad the box office numbers. Well, 90s is no classic movies, I believe. I know, I know. <laughs> it feels but it hard, a, but when yeah. we went to that showing, I think it was like a Wednesday, as, as you said, and it was mm-hmm. pretty packed for that. I mean, there's the middle yeah. of the day. And it was a big theater. It's that big AMC in Mountain View, right? Or something mm-hmm. in Mountain View. Yeah. Yeah, it was full. I, I loved those events because I I saw a few movies. Like I took my kids to see North by Northwest that mm. way in the theater. Um, I think we saw the Muppet movie that way too. That mm. was like part of the TCM classics. Um Something else, and I can't remember what it was. I can't remember. But they also, I wanted to go see Wizard of Oz that way, yes. and I think we just didn't end up working out. But we wanted to do like Casablanca and everything. It just didn't. Yes, it didn't work, it didn't work right. out. Make that timing didn't work out. That might have been happening right around COVID. Yes, even, right. Like it I was. feel like Casablanca was. We're like, oh yeah, we'll go see Casablanca, and then COVID hit. Everything shut down. But it yeah, is yeah, kind yeah. of it is kind of telling in today's movie market that they have to re-release these things in regular theaters to to help with the the numbers for the theaters. Yeah, right, 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 right. I mean, I don't even, I haven't even gone to the movies in so long. Have you gone to a movie in person? Do you go regularly to the movies? I, more now because of Lindsay, which the podcast. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. so this is funny. Our first <laughs> movie date was Cocaine Bear. <laughs> so, oh, I heard that was also terrible. Was it, it good or terrible? It was, a, it was a fun, terrible. It was like, okay, kind good, of, good, good, good. Yeah. Because it turned into basically like a horror movie, but uh, yes. it, it was a lot of fun. We are, as we are recording this, um, Oppenheimer is being released. We're going to actually see that tomorrow. So I do want to go see Oppenheimer and I want to go see the Barbie movie. Yeah, movie. they're coming out at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I want to see that. I do want to see that Wes Anderson movie that came out recently. Mm -hmm. These are all, I just have, we just have been gone every weekend. So we haven't had a chance, but I do want to go see all of these movies. And I wanted to see the um, Judy Bloom or either God, it's me. Very seminal to my childhood and my daughter's childhood. That's (laughs) right. It's a very classic. It's probably on streaming now. It is streaming now. Yeah, exactly. And Uh, I'm totally happy to watch things on streaming too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. (laughs) The the movie has to be worth your time to really go. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, I'll never forget the story you told me when you were taking your kids to go see Lego Batman and you were like, kind of like sitting alone because I was by myself (laughs) because I heard there for, they added friends on. So I was like, okay, they can have my seats. You guys can all sit together. And then I just took a seat by myself at the end because that's all there. It was sold out. It was like opening night and it was sold out. And I was just like, okay, I'm the creepy weirdo adult. (laughs) (laughs) Like this poor, and I even think like the, the lady moved her kid away. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like halfway through the movie, they moved out a little bit. It's like, okay, I get it. I like get you're it. A predator. No worries. <laughs> yes. Hey, little girl, come here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny. So before COVID, so again, full disclosure, I used to report to Lindley at work. And so Lindley was always oh, right. a great supervisor because she would take us to the movies every couple months. And oh, yeah. Know, and we would. Yeah, it was. And we go to like the Marvel stuff. And then, but the, the one that was hilarious that we, we all wanted to see, and you're like, that's not appropriate. We're not doing it. We wanted to go see Trainwreck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not taking you guys. <laughs> um, and I will also, because I mean, she didn't even go, but Chris no. was on my team at that time. Right. Yes. So, and I didn't want to, exc- like, I don't know. I didn't want to make any. Yeah. But you feel uncomfortable. You know, yeah. This was even pre me too. But it was, and then I watched the yeah. movie. Thank God I didn't go see it. <laughs> you know, and I realized I think everybody that came was all men, right? I think as it turned out, I think it turned out like I think Chris was the only, maybe Chris and someone else. I can't remember who were the females on my team at that time, but I think it was. Yeah, I felt. I, I don't remember comfortable. Maybe Enrica. Maybe Enrica, yeah. and she came at that time. I can't remember yeah. that crossover if it would be Enrica and mm-hmm. Chris. Was Crystal reporting to me on where Enrica was? No I idea. Think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Most of the people have been on the <laughs> podcast, so they'll know that. <laughs> but uh, well, the one thing I've been doing a lot, though, uh, with Lindsay, every weekend we've been going to the Stanford Theater, which just reopened. In oh, Palo that's so cool. Yeah. And they're showing nothing but Cary Grant right now. So it's been excellent. <laughs> What? I must go immediately. Yeah. So this week, um, they're showing. <laughs> what, what, what have they shown? Well, they have shown uh, Bringing Up Baby and oh, yeah. uh, The Awful one. Truth, Topper, uh-huh. uh, His Girl oh, Friday. I like Topper. Yeah. So this week, it's going to be a really good one. It's going to be Notorious and then uh, Suspicion. It's both Hitchcock. Oh, those are two good. Yeah, those are really good. Notorious, I've only watched online, like on YouTube, like a Mm. free YouTube. I couldn't find it anywhere. It's not straight. It wasn't streaming on anything. So um, I really wanted to watch it. And I'm sure it'll come up on TCM at some point. And um, but my favorite one is the one that takes place in like the playroom. Oh, Uh, oh, Holiday. Holiday, that's yeah. my favorite. So if they're ever showing holiday, please let me know. They um, are, and I'm gonna look this up real quick. When it is, yeah, it's going to be it's probably when I'm not July 27th and 28th. So that's a uh, Thursday and Friday. All right, okay, maybe. Okay, it's out. a Friday, it's a I Thursday and Friday night. So. <laughs> okay, I'll look that up. And it's always a double feature, and it's always seven bucks a person, and uh Jeez, super that's cheap. so fun. And, and is uh, it a big theater? I've not even I've never oh, yeah. been to the they, Stanford Theater. It's a nice probably, theater. It probably fits close to five hundred to seven hundred people. Wow, that's big. Mm-hmm. That's huge. It's got a balcony, it's great. You have their um the entire theater's like um there's old classic movie posters all around that you oh, can look love at. That. Yeah. Um, 
the food, like you can get popcorn for anywhere from a dollar to three dollars if you want a huge tub. That's um, bizarre. That everything is, so bizarre. is subsidized. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So if you're in the Bay Area, definitely uh, people should check yeah. that out. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll get into some like it hot. Um, when did you really get into like classic films as a whole, and and what films uh, do you remember were kind of the gateway into like classic films for you? Oh, I mean, I feel like I've been watching classic films my whole life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just a part of my, yeah, it was just a part of my upbringing, but I feel like it, yeah, was at that, at that era, because this is, you know, I think like the born in the seventies, seventies and eighties race, and this is pre VHS. We didn't have cable or, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think I didn't have a video recorder until (laughs) video recorder. What is it called? A video (laughs) player, a VCR, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Good. I sound older <laughs> than my age. I'm not that old. <laughs> you know those those recording <laughs> machines, <Yeah>. video recorders. <laughs> um, uh, you know, until I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school, maybe mm. I, I don't know, maybe middle school. I yeah, I mean, I was like we. I felt like we were the last people on the block to get a microwave and a VCR, <laughs> and, and we never had cable, so it was kind of like whatever. You know, I love TV. I love movies, so I was. Sure. I always watch whatever classic film was on. So a lot of Hitchcock, um, mm. I think, would be on the Channel 44, right? Yes. Yeah. The Man Who Knew Too Much. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, of course, Wizard of Oz every year would watch watch that. Yeah. Um, my mom um, was really into like West Side Story. She went to high school with Richard Beamer. I know this is so oh. dumb. Um, you know, because she grew up that, right there in North Hollywood. So she went to high school with she used to babysit Annette Finicello. I feel like I've talked about this before and um, went to high school with the guy that started West Side Story. So that, that was kind of always on. I just feel like they were kind of like the backdrop of my, yeah, my childhood. Well, you'll appreciate this story. So uh, frequent guest, Samantha, loves her mm-hmm. estate sales. And she just oh, went nice. to an estate sale in Berkeley for Rita Moreno. Oh, what? Yes. Rita Marino's estate? Yes. And so she's been living. She left in Berkeley. She she had been living in Berkeley since 1995. So I guess. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So so you you mentioned West Side Story. So that was Mm -hmm. uh, that media came to mind. That's so cool. That's amazing. Did she buy anything? She did. So I think she got some books and and things like that. She said it was was amazing. Yeah. I think Rita Marino is just in New York all the time. I think yeah. I can't imagine she lives on the West Coast. Exactly. Yeah, and that's she's so funny. And she looks amazing. I mean, she's in her She 90s. looks amazing. She looks yeah. so good. Yeah. Because yeah. she was recently on the, I think it had a cameo, right, in the recent West Side Story, right? She did. And she was in a movie that's actually kind of fun called 80 for Brady. Um, with oh, James I don't Honda. know what that is. Uh, it's about funny. it's kind of based on a true story where these group of ladies uh, love the New, New England Patriots and they wanted to go to the Super Bowl because they, they wanted to see, um, you know, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady. And yeah. the Patriots. And so they basically took that story and then it became Jane Fonda, Sally Field, Willie Tomlin and Rita Moreno. And oh, it's cute. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fun. yeah, that's super cute. Very cute. But uh, she's I mean, it doesn't look like she's had any work done. She just looks great. So no, she looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so. As for Marilyn Monroe, did you get into other films of her in in addition to Some Like It Hot? And did you go through like a Marilyn Monroe phase when you were growing up? Because Yes, like I went did. through a Marilyn Monroe and a James Dean phase. Mm. Those were the two, right? I read their biographies. Remember in the, well, you were probably too young, but in the 80s, mm-hmm. it was, they were cultural icons still, right? Like people had yes. their movie posters in their rooms and there were t-shirts. Like I had t-shirts of Marilyn Monroe and James mm-hmm. Dean on them. I wrote a book report like in oh, seventh no way. <laughs> James Dean. Oh. So that was also how I got into Giant. Like Giant is one of my favorite movies. And yeah, I got really my my friends 
bought me the VHS. I told you it was came on two <laughs> separate right. discs because the movie's so long. <laughs> um, bought that, and um, yeah, I was just super into it. And it's so funny now that we've been driving there, like Taylor's in San Luis Obispo, and we drive mm-hmm. to LA frequently. This is just a route I've never driven before, but we drive along that James Dean mm. where he where he died. It's like right. a James Dean Memorial um, High School. There's a big like uh, I don't know what you call it a big uh, cutout of him, like huge like two-story tall oh, wow. of him at this gas like at a gas station it's a little tacky but whatever yeah so <laughs> very strange yeah it's exactly right there where he yeah came to his came to the end well you kind of bring up a good point but a little bit similar to marilyn monroe she almost became mm-hmm. legendary because she died so young obviously yes, that happened with james exactly. dean you wonder what she would have done uh if she had lived yeah, I don't know because how many, I mean, I know her from Bus Stop. Mm-hmm. Is that the movie Bus Stop? I don't know if it's Bus Stop or Bus something. Do you know which yeah. movie I'm talking about? It, it was it was Bus Stop. There, I would say yeah, there's a handful. Yeah, bus I know stop. Bus Stop, Seven Year Itch. Yes, and, and, and Niagara. Like it hop. Oh, yeah, I don't know Niagara. But mostly she was a bit player. I mean, that's, yeah. and then there was the one with uh, um, Jane Russell, um, where it's kind of a musical, like How to Marry a Millionaire. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, she's known for like, Kind of two films, and it's this one and uh, Seven Year Itch. Seven Year Itch, exactly. Same with James Dean. He's only in three. He's only in three films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so mean, I wonder. Really young. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's almost like uh, you know, Kurt Cobain, and all, all they, they would have yeah. just. Um, I don't know. I, I I would hope that she would have had a nice life or something like that, or figured it out. But you would have to assume the way how troubled she was, maybe. It, this was kind of inevitable. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for her, I mean, she had yeah. a very sad story. I mean, her the, really the did orphanage. Like yeah. that was just very, very sad, and just um, yeah, I don't know, just very. I, I can't imagine functioning. But it right, she was a huge alcoholic and and kept having miscarriages. Pills. And, oh, and, right. And mar- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And sounds like the men she was married to were as troubled as she. Well, was. yeah. I mean, she kept <laughs> marrying. A very successful, popular. I mean, she was married to Joe DiMaggio, and he couldn't yeah. handle her fame and just wanted her to be a wife. I'm like, well, right. I mean, you can't just I mean, marry Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Yeah, yeah that, that's not going <laughs> to happen. So, even though the film uh, "Some Like It Hot" is is somewhat long for a comedy, I mean, it's like 120 minutes, especially. Back oh, is it? I feel yeah. like it's so short. Like it goes so quick. I well, that's. A, I yeah. want to bring that up. It never drags, and so uh, so obviously you don't feel the same. And do you think Billy Wilder, who was the director, made a wise choice in filming this in black and white? Oh, uh, oh, I can't imagine it in color, but did he have the choice at that time? He could have, they just could have. went with black and white then because it was cheaper, right? Is well, that what was, the thing was, it was? I also think because it was supposed to take place during like the quote, you know, the St. Valentine's Day massacre of the 20s, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. he wanted it to kind of be somewhat of a period piece. Oh, but I, got it, got it, got yeah. it. He wanted mm-hmm. to look more. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that it takes place in Miami, but they filmed everything at the in san diego yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i don't know if it should I, I can't imagine it in color that's very hard for me to right imagine i don't know i i like the comfort of black and white sometimes sometimes color is even more jarring yes yeah. um so yeah i don't know and the seven-year itch is in color and that yes is and strange. that one i think yeah. works better for that mm-hmm. particular one because it's it's less of a there's really no plot to that one. It was just, no. kind of, it's almost like a play. Um, but I think I feel like all of these were plays, right? I don't know. I don't think some like it hot was, but 
most of them are plays, right? Well, I think part of the reason might have been by design because I think with the makeup they had to do for Jack Lemon and Tony Curtis, if it was in color, some of that probably wouldn't have as looked as as they could have pulled it off as well as they did in, as they did in black and white for them as women dressing yes, up as women. You mean exactly? Yeah, because <laughs> you're going to see certain flaws and and things that that you can kind of hide with the shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Right. That's funny. Um, that's interesting. Character wise in the film, mm-hmm. who do you prefer, Tony Curtis or Jack Lemon? Oh, uh, I don't know. They're both so different. I mean, Jack Lemon is kind of always the goofy sidekick, right? Is he? I mean, I prefer Jack yeah, Lemon yeah. in the apartment, but he's yes. also he's kind of the same in the apartment. He's kind of the same character, right? Like kind and of like a, in the, and he's the original Felix and the odd couple. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I would always probably prefer Jack Lemon, I guess, in general. I don't know why. Uh, what else? I, I'm not sure. Tony Curtis is just kind of a pretty boy, right? I mean, that's, in my opinion, I like yeah. him. I don't have anything against Tony Curtis, but yeah. Yeah, and and definitely he was um, infamously playing kind of a Cary Grant character. When yes, he was tra- I mean, the <laughs> accent and everything. Right, yes. and what yeah. was really funny is, I guess, <laughs> Billy Wilder uh, showed the film to Cary Grant. He's like, I don't talk like that. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I love Gary Grant. Yeah, what's interesting is I guess Tony Curtis was always going to be in the film, but hmm. Jack Lemon was supposed to be uh, Frank Sinatra, and then yes, Marilyn Monroe could have been Mitzi Gaynor. Um, I just don't think I can't picture Frank Sinatra pulling off that role, you know, as well as Jack Lemon. No, because he has too big of an ego, right? Yeah, like exactly. Jack Lemon's the comic relief, and Frank Sinatra is not very funny. What has Frank Sinatra been in that he's funny in? I mean, he's, he's always, I mean, he's fine in Ocean's Eleven, but he's with his guys. He's with the rap. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That's kind of a drama. Not a drama, but it's not. Right. I, I think. It's not slapstick. I can't imagine him in a slapstick no. role like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he could have played the Tony Curtis role, but you still need Jack Lemmon. So. Yeah. He's kind of too. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I think Curtis and Lemon are perfect in this yeah. together. Right. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine anyone. So I mean, silly. obviously. I could have seen Cary Grant playing it, but obviously. Oh, for sure. Cary Grant could have played it. You can't give every role to him. So, uh, How often do you go back to the film? And if you can remember, what are some of your favorite scenes? Oh, gosh. How often? I mean, I don't think I've seen it since we saw it in the okay. theater. Um, I don't know when I would, where would I watch it otherwise? Unless, it, I mean, of course I would leave it on if it comes up. I kind of often will just have TCM on in the background. Sure. And leave, well, anything can be on. <laughs> um, single, not, I'm not a single child. I have three older siblings, but I was the youngest of four, right? So I was mm-hmm. often alone. Like they were, they're much older than me. So everybody was out of the house. So I like always having a TV right. <laughs> for the company, I guess. Oh, I'm the same um, yeah. Let me think. I mean, I, oh, I mean, I love the, I mean, of course the ending scene oh, is like the great. classic line, right? Yeah. That's just mm-hmm. like the best. Um, and then I read that was also improvised or they were trying, they were going to replace it with something better if they came up with something better, but it was just like, oh my God, that's so perfect. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just like the scenes when, um, Ah, what am I? Yeah. I, I mean, I, when they're on the, I mean, I think the filming of the, when they're on the, when they're, moving in the bus they're in the 
you know, oh, they're the dressed train. as women. Yeah, on the train. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking it's a bus, a sleeper yeah. bus, but it was a sleeper train. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that, that's very funny. Well, yeah. And they the how they, how they kind of choreograph that where it's all narrow and then there's yes, yeah. the other's bunks and they're trying to drink <laughs> yeah. and then the, the train stops. And yeah, I think that's definitely one of the one of the best. And um, I like train. I think I always like train scenes and movies right. too. Yeah. <laughs> so you must love like certain Hitchcock films like Strangers on of a Train. Of course. And, I love yeah. Strangers on a Train. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, again, we're in the era of like remakes and thank goodness this has never been remade because I, I just think they would ruin it today. So I, I hope they leave it as is. They, I they, bet they'll remake it, don't uh, you think? Well, they remade Sabrina <laughs> with Harrison Ford, which um, and which I guess is fine because you could argue that Harrison Ford and Bogart are kind of like, you know, um, legendary Stellar. actors. Yeah. But, I mean, they had an unknown British actress pretty much to play Audrey Hepburn, which you, how are you supposed to top Audrey Hepburn? So yeah um, you can't right yeah. you're never going to find someone as iconic as Marilyn Monroe and you're not going to find his, his, people as good as Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon so I hope they leave it alone no me too and then also what was so when we watched it in the theater I just remember mm-hmm. being so um it was just uh startling how just the what women's bodies like how different yeah. they are now especially for screen actresses like Marilyn Monroe of course is go- voluptuous gorgeous sure. petite you know she's all those things like she is stunning I'm not I'm not even commenting on that at all no, but it was no. just like mm-hmm. you would never see an actress like that i don't know it's like a softness to her that you don't have today like everybody is so chiseled and just like i, I don't know it's just a whole different body type that is exactly on the that you and, see on the screen yeah and Lindsay and i have been noticing that when we've been mm. watching uh older films and it's yeah, like right but they're very thin because they, they wear these um certain dresses where their waist is very thin oh i but, know i mean yeah. Than, uh, yeah i think even thinner today i think people just ate less right there wasn't as right. much processed food. i just think we yeah. were thinner people back then we were thinner yeah. people but yeah, of course, actresses today will be very thin, but they're just so the muscle body. Like you have like a whole gym, two hour gym behind it, too. Exactly. You know? I don't think people were doing the workouts like that. I think no. probably just, was it the 70s? They started kind of doing maybe aerobics. Um, I mean, I think yeah. so. Well, that was like the 80s, even. That was Jane, Jane, Fonda. Fonda's, yeah. Jane Fonda's workout tape, had it, did it. That's right. But even then, you, look at Jane, you look at Jane Fonda, and she was always very thin, but she was never like yeah. ripped, I think, like today. Never ripped like they are today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's bizarre. I mean, I'm sure they just have personal trainers and, you know, you have to like even the men also, obviously, I mean, men in the older films are in suits most of the time, right? You don't really see them in leisure wear, but any actor today, any main, sorry, main actor, what do you call it? The star actor would have to be completely ripped to do. Yeah. Headliner. Do. yeah. It's like mm-hmm. so dumb. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You couldn't have like a Bogart or James Cagney. Or no way. <laughs> oh my God. James Cagney is so, I just saw him in something or I was, I mean, I think it was on in the background. I can't remember what it was. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's just so unattractive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's just not a handsome man. So well, you can say the same thing about Bogart, but there was a certain presence. Like it didn't matter. Yes. No. Yeah. 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 I've come around to Bogart. I was really like, no, no. Yeah. Like why was this little man on, on movies, but yeah, I've come around. I like Bogart more now. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, <laughs> well, I think I just uh, interviewed um, Samantha about Sabrina, and he was mm-hmm. really. I think I like the film because I just like that film. But yeah, yeah, he's miscast as the Linus character in that. I mean, it should have been Cary Grant, but Cary Grant, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just that he's he didn't really fit type on that. But I don't know. 
Did you did you see? I know. Sorry, this is off topic. Did you on um, HBO? They have a Rock Hudson documentary. Oh, really I gotta good. see this. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's really good. I mean, yeah. again, it's a lot about his hidden, you know, oh, of course, lifestyle. But um, it's good. What, what Samantha was saying because she had mentioned that too is that mm-hmm. he almost preferred that people didn't know. Like he, he kind of liked his separate life from that. Yes, you know? for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so hard to know just because there was so much shame. Sure. You know, was that. You know, I'm sure he was saying that at the time, and I'm sure mm-hmm. it was fine. But I, I'm sure there's just so much shame behind his oh, of course. lifestyle. Yeah, and then his yeah. ultimate, you know, demise and outcome that is yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, because he still didn't even want to come out exactly when he was dying of AIDS. He did not want to. And that then. was yeah. that was happening. You know, it happened to Freddie Mercury too. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's Crazy. Awful. But. Yeah. Again, we were talking about some like it hot and sorry, and some like it hot. Apologies. Yeah. This is probably <laughs> for classic films. This has was in top ten, I guess, for you. Oh, I don't think I'd put it in my top ten. Oh, really? Top okay. Forty, maybe. Now, oh, don't wow. ask me to name that list or that no, place. No, but I, no, I really love it. I love it. I mean, I don't know if it's my yeah. Maybe I like. I don't know. Well, I would say it's probably in my top ten of com- classic comedies. Yes. Okay. But, Does that help? <laughs> sure. I think your all-time favorite is Giant, isn't it? I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite movies that I could watch again and again. You have moved me on to Casablanca. I think I watch that about once a month now. Oh, I put it on wow. about once a month. Yeah, I wow. watch that one frequently. I just love it. I just think it's so, yeah. Again, another movie that I've probably, I just never watched it from start to finish, right? Again, it was always on on one of the local tv shows sure. um but i don't think i ever sat and watched it end to end until you gave me the dvd yeah yeah well what's, what's great is it's not um i mean it's kind of a happy ending kind of isn't and it's just it's it's a perfect ending is is more what it is yeah 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 i love it and i love that the the motion picture thing they went through all of the like what was going like they have a whole display about the refugees that were there that are in yes. the movies a lot yeah. of them were refugees of world That's war ii right. and they had a whole thing on um peter lore what's oh, crazy is he yeah. was used his so because you know he's an actor before yeah. this right in german films and mm-hmm. they used him in that movie have you ever seen m which i oh, just watched very yeah. recently he's i watched a, it recently it's a it's an amazing movie but it's dark i mean he's a pedophile oh it's terrible yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a Serial killer pencil. Yeah. <laughs> he murders oh, really him. well done. Uh, but they used him in that in Nazi propaganda films. Like, right. look at how evil Jews are. You know, they're after right. our children. It was just like, wow. They had, yeah, they had a whole thing. I had no idea that he was used in that way. Like, oh, in, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Awful. Yeah. But, but yeah, again, yeah, yeah. if you want to see a classic film that's very, very good, to check out M. Yeah. That's M is good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could watch it over and over again, but I, I do own it, but <laughs> more for historical purposes. Yeah. Purposes. It's like, I, I, it's on, you can, if you have, if you subscribe to HBO Max, now it's called Max, stupid, but it's it's there. I watched it. Um, I, I'm trying to remember. You can it, stream it there. Is it silent or is it just in German? It's in German. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I think they did do, I think it's a remake possibly of a silent film. Possibly. I thought I need to read it again, but I thought it said something or they did an English version. I can't remember which it was, but it, it's in German. Yeah. Yeah. And it came out in 1931 and Fritz yeah. Lang was one of the top directors. I mean, he yeah. had to get out of Germany because of mm-hmm. the war too. So yeah. 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 Well, as always, you see, you always worried that we're not going to have anything to talk about. Yes. And we had a ton to talk about. So well, thank I you. I feel like I didn't talk about the movie at all. So I'm like it hot at all, but it doesn't matter. That's why I have you on <laughs> because I like the random catch-ups that we have. Yeah. 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 So thank you as always, super producer. Of course. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. 
If you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video and San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain, Captain Video. 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 Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.